Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Singer Bob Marley, his reggae music known far beyond its roots in Jamaica, died in a Miami hospital today. Bob Marley was 36 years old. Bob Marley was a true musical revolutionary. With his band, The Wailers, he remains one of the most inspiring and moving singers of all time. From the moment Bob walked out on the stage, it was just magical. It was just electric. It was like being in darkness and suddenly everything just lit up. Marley sold 75 million records and brought reggae to the world stage. Marley became, uh, in the late 70s, the most reliable seller of records around the world. But at 11.30 a.m. on May 11, 1981, Bob Marley died in the Cedars of Lebanon Hospital, Miami, Florida. He was just 36 years old. Since he died, conspiracy theories about government involvement in his death have never been fully explained. Chris Salevich, biographer. Bob Marley is identified as a kind of black power figure. The CIA is very worried about the possibilities around him. Bob Morley was known for his love of playing soccer and subscribing to the Rastafarian lifestyle which promotes healthy eating and living. A young man like him to have died from natural causes is highly unusual. So using the medical evidence, I'm gonna find out the real reason why he passed away so prematurely. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has conducted thousands of autopsies. He is routinely involved in the investigation of suspicious deaths, working closely with law enforcement agencies and other forensic specialists. He's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities and has been investigating suspicious deaths for nearly 20 years. I have here a file of documents that include medical records, eyewitness accounts, and public records, and they all pertain to the death of Bob Marley. In going through these, it's my hope that I can find clues to better understand why this music icon died at such a young age. September 20th, 1980, Essex House Hotel, New York. Seven months before his death, Bob gets ready to leave his hotel room and go for a run. It's a routine that he regularly performs before he goes on stage. Tonight, he'll be playing the first of two sellout dates at Madison Square Garden as part of his sixth tour of the U.S. No woman cry. In the last few years, hits such as No Woman No Cry and Buffalo Soldier have gone to the top of the charts around the world and made him the first Jamaican world superstar. His voice was also a rallying cry against what he saw as the poverty and oppression in his beloved homeland. Vivian Goldman, music journalist and friend. People find it hard to believe that he was sincere in his revolutionary message of people caring for each other and not putting their own materialistic self-interest above everything else. But that is the sort of person he was. 
Well, my life is important to me. Other people's life is important. My life is only important if me can help plenty of people. If me, if me, my life is just me, my own security, then me don't want it. My life is for people. That's where me is. The first thing I noticed is that Bob was slim, muscular. He weighed 155 pounds and was five foot seven inches. And therefore, he had a normal body mass index of 24.3. I can see from the accounts that he kept fit and healthy. He did a lot of exercise, running, and he played soccer. I also note that Bob ate well. He drank very little alcohol. He had a diet of primarily fruits, vegetables. He should have been well protected from heart attack, stroke, and diabetes. And in all accounts, he appeared to be very, very healthy. Robert Nesta Marley was born February 6, 1945, on his grandmother's farm in the hills of St. Anne, Jamaica. At the time of his birth, his father, Norval, was 60, and his mother, Sedella, was only 18. Nancy Burke, friend. Bob's mother, Sedella Booker, was just a solid Jamaican woman. Unshakable, unshakable faith, unshakable strength. Bob's father was white and originally from England. Because of his light skin, Bob was bullied as a child, but found comfort in sports and music. What Bob really gets into when he's living in Nine Miles is football, which he would play with an old grapefruit. He begins to show an interest in a guitar. Bob's music took off when the family moved from rural St. Anne to Trenchtown in Kingston, Jamaica's capital. It's here that Bob got bitten by the music bug. It's in Trenchtown that Bob Marley really gets into music because he's exposed to so many different sounds. Bob decides he wants to be a musician and he puts together his first band, the Wailing Wailers, as they were then called. In 1964, at the age of 19, Bob's first record, Simmer Down, hits number one in Jamaica and a star is born. September 20th, 1980, Central Park, New York. Seven months before Bob's death. It's the day before the concert in Madison Square Garden, and Bob is running with friend Alan Cole. They would go and run on the beach and run in the mountains. He was very into fitness and the country and the wellness sort of life. Suddenly, his legs tighten. He feels a searing pain in his neck and Bob falls to the ground. He lies shaking uncontrollably for several minutes. According to Bob's report of the incident, along with the sudden violent shaking before he went unconscious, he also experienced altered vision and difficulty with his speech. These symptoms are a clear sign that there is something catastrophic going wrong with his body. Despite this major collapse, that night, Bob plays at Madison Square Garden as planned. I found something in the medical record that might explain his collapse. I can see that when Bob died, they discovered a lead bullet in his arm. Lead is highly toxic to the human body, and lead poisoning can result in seizure-like activity. I want to know how did it get there, 
And did it in some way lead to Bob's collapse? Jamaica in the late 70s was a place of great political unrest. Poverty and corruption were rife. And as elections drew nearer, violence erupted on the streets. The two parties, the PNP and the JLP, were going head to head. Bob Marley became entangled after he temporarily lent support to the PNP party four years earlier. October 1976, Hope Road Studios, Jamaica. Almost five years before his death. Bob is now an even more influential figure in the country. The PNP party are keen for an endorsement from him, as it would surely guarantee victory. But Bob is determined not to be drawn into the political crossfire. Dennis Morris, friend and photographer. Both sides wanted for him to even align himself with them, and he would he refused. During a surprise visit, Prime Minister and PNP leader Michael Manley convinces Marley to play a free concert for the people of Jamaica in a bid to bring peace to the island. As soon as the posters have been printed up and are on the walls, Michael Manley calls an election to be held a few days after the Small Jamaica concert. They'd actually changed the goalposts on him and brought the date of the election forward to make it seem as if Bob was throwing his weight behind the Manly party, which Bob had been at great pains not to do, so Bob was stitched up by the politicians. Despite the volatile political atmosphere, two months later, Bob honors his commitment to perform. But this decision will have a devastating consequence for Bob and his rehearsing band. All of a sudden, they just bust in. The gunshots came, no warning. So one minute they're laughing and joking, the next minute it's like a horror film. Guys have thundered into the room. Barrage of gunshots. And then they stopped. And then we had this really, really uh, eerie silence that followed it. Not a sound could be heard. The gunmen vanish, and although they are never identified, it's believed they had links to the rival political party. Bob, his wife, and his manager are wounded in the assault. Bob was shot actually in his upper left arm. Incredibly, Bob's injuries are not critical. But while at the hospital, he makes a surprising decision. He refuses to have the bullet removed. Leaving a lead bullet in your arm is an unusual decision, and the danger is that the lead can seep into the bloodstream, causing lead poisoning. But the upper arm is packed with tendons and muscles that allow us to perform the most delicate tasks. Surgery in this area to remove the bullet risks damaging the nerves and tendons leading to the hands. And that could well have stopped Bob from ever playing the guitar again. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. On the face of it, it's quite shocking, but then you, you read deeper into what happened, and he's told that, you know what, if we do remove it, you may not be able to play guitar again. This guy's music was his life. So I think this decision makes a lot of sense um, from his perspective. 
So did Bob's total commitment to his music ultimately lead to his death? Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at just $22. And especially when everyone is really working from home, mostly spending time at home, maybe the salons aren't open where you live. Madison Reed is such an amazing option for getting your hair colored at home. You know, for decades, women have really only had two options for coloring their hair, outdated at-home color or the time and expense of a traditional salon. And Madison Reed is such a great option that really gives you the best of both worlds. Many Madison Reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women love the results. Gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair. This is truly game-changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. What makes Madison Reed color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous, multi-dimensional shades. You can find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. And they really make the process super simple so you can go through and make sure that you're getting the color that's going to match your hair or maybe you want to try a new color. Why not? It's a very cool time to sort of try out some new things um, and you'll surprise everyone on your Zoom calls. It could be a really fun idea to try something new. So right now, Autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code LASTHOURS. That's code LASTHOURS. Bob Marley was the first Jamaican artist to achieve international superstardom, introducing reggae music to the world. But on May 11th, 1981, this legendary icon dies at the age of just 36. Rumor and speculation have surrounded his death ever since. And 35 years later, Dr. Hunter is trying to piece together exactly why Bob Marley died at such a young age. I want to know whether a lead bullet in Bob's arm from an assassination attempt four years previously caused his collapse in Central Park. It is possible for the bullet to have expanded and for the lead to have seeped into Bob's bloodstream over time. But if Bob's collapse was from lead poisoning, he would have experienced muscle weakness and vomiting years before, and there is no evidence of this. So I think I can discount lead poisoning as a cause for Bob's collapse. September 22nd, 1980, New York, seven months before his death. Having played two sellout gigs at Madison Square Garden, Bob Marley is having a checkup following his collapse two days earlier. Doctors are worried it's something serious. They send Bob for a series of tests. When someone collapses, like Bob did, doctors are going to conduct a neurological exam. They're going to test Bob's strength, reflexes, vision, hearing, his balance, coordination, and his memory. They're also going to evaluate scans of his brain. Doctors quickly find the cause of the collapse. Bob has a large tumor in his brain. A brain tumor is a mass of cells that grow slowly in the brain. The tumor puts pressure on other areas and can lead to neurons misfiring, causing seizures and loss of vision. This is what caused Bob's collapse. The critical question is whether these cells are benign and can be surgically removed with little consequence, or whether they're malignant and cancerous and have the ability to spread or to have come from some other cancerous source within the body. 
the doctors start running tests to determine how serious Bob's tumor is. Bob signs himself out of the hospital and delivers what will be his last ever performance. of his imperial majesty imperial it was like a real landmark performance that night the last show they played every every song everything is gonna be alright within 48 hours he decides to play the concert just like he planned to do I think this speaks to how invested he was in his art, how much freedom it gave him, that it gave him a voice, that it gave him a sense of connection. Bob's obsession with music began when he was just 10 years old. A time in his life of great change, starting with the death of his father. A lot of people might say, well, this death probably meant nothing to him because he wasn't close to him. I think what also died is the chance to establish a sense of who am I. The idea that Bob was without a father would seem really to be one of his motivating forces. And it seems Bob found the sense of identity he had been searching for when he moves from the mountains to the musical melting pot of Trenchtown. Trenchtown in Kingston was a rough area, but it was also the heart of the Jamaican music scene. And don't forget, this is a kid that hasn't felt connected, that's felt like a bit of an outsider. So he discovers something that he's good at and discovers something that other people will acknowledge in him as good, and that's his music. His commitment to music over and above adversity was something he returned to time and time again. December 5th, 1976. National Heroes Park, Jamaica. Two days after the assassination attempt, Bob is backstage at the Smile concert. I was just scared, 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 because I felt like somebody was trying to do away with him, and that the last thing he needed to do was go and put himself on a stage in front of a mass audience, completely insecure, open situation. I was dead set against that concert happening. American cameraman Carl Colby was with Bob filming the events. I spent probably about three or four hours talking with him. And he seemed sort of beaten down and despondent. I think he looked out and saw the dust and the light and the tens of thousands of people gathering in All Heroes Park. It was something biblical, really. You could actually see them from the house. And he just sort of decided, let's go. The fact that two days after an assassination attempt, where, you know, he's hit with a bullet. He decides, I'm going to do what I said I would do. Says a lot about his strength of conviction. He was so committed. He would rather just drop dead on stage. And he just wanted to squeeze every moment out of life, every possible moment that he could be creating, communicating, trying to affect change. September 26, 1980, New York City, seven months before his death. The test results come back. It's the news that everyone feared. Tests reveal that the growth in Bob's brain is cancerous. 
but they also find cancerous growth throughout his lungs. And this makes sense in that brain cancers are oftentimes secondary tumors, meaning they've spread from some other part of the body. This is serious. This means that the cancer is metastasizing or spreading. Bob immediately starts to undergo intense radiation and chemotherapy treatment. Chemotherapy is a way of controlling and destroying most cancers. Hair loss occurs because chemotherapy targets rapidly dividing cells, both natural cells and cancer cells. And hair follicles are some of the most rapidly dividing cells in our body. As the treatment progresses, his hair starts to fall out. Bob's dreadlocks were a huge part of his iconic look and identity. He makes the big decision to let his wife, Rita, give him his first haircut in years. His locks started to fall, and he didn't want them to just fall off one by one. All those famous pictures with those beautiful dreads, and then beyond that, those dreads are actually a testament to his religion, something that gives him comfort. So uh, no doubt this would have been a really difficult time for him. Cancer of this nature is clearly life-threatening. And if chemo doesn't work, Bob will inevitably die. The question we have now is why did this young, healthy man develop such a deadly disease? Hey, it's Dr. Michael Hunter. Did you know you can stream the autopsy television series on Roku and Fire TV? Well, you can just download the Reels app and subscribe to see the TV show behind this podcast. And if you've got Prime, it's on Amazon channels too. You could even find episodes like Gary Shandling, Tom Petty, and Batman's Adam West before they're released here. Autopsy comes from the real-life mystery fans at Reels channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Bob Marley, the global reggae star, died on May 11, 1981, at the age of just 36. Dr. Michael Hunter, a world-renowned forensic pathologist, is scrutinizing eyewitness accounts, medical evidence, and other sources to determine the cause of death. I've discovered that Bob not only had cancer of the brain, but he also had cancer involving both lungs. Brain tumors usually are secondary tumors, meaning that they're spread from some other part of the body. So, was Bob's lung the primary source of the tumor? And if so, was Bob's well-known love of smoking the ultimate cause? Bob Marley was an iconic smoker. Not of tobacco, but marijuana. Marley started smoking marijuana after he converted to Rastafarianism in his late teens. Discovering himself as a Rasta was phenomenal for Bob Marley and made sense of so many things and gave him a direction and clarified his mission. Rastas believe that the tree of life mentioned in the Bible is the cannabis plant and that biblical passages promote its use. To him, smoking ganja was about getting in touch with your creativity. It was about discovering your kind of higher self. Bob, how important is, uh, is the ganja to arrest yes. a man? Ganja is a bird. This is earth. 
Uh, does, it, does it matter to you that it's it's still uh, against the law here in Jamaica? Every lie is illegal. Was it Bob's devout commitment to the Rastafarian religious ritual of smoking marijuana that ultimately caused his premature death? Whether cannabis causes cancer is not a simple question to answer. We know that tobacco causes a large number of cancers, but we still don't know what the long-term effects of cannabis actually are. However, if Bob's cancer was caused by smoking marijuana, I would have expected him to have developed chest pain and coughing months before developing this serious brain tumor. There was no evidence that Bob was ever diagnosed with any chest problems prior to his collapse in September of 1980. So if his tumor didn't arise in the lung, where did it first start? October 1980, New York. The Sloan Kettering Hospital discharges Bob. They can do nothing more for him. The doctors give him just three weeks to live. Alternative remedies are sought. A Rastafarian doctor, Dr. Peewee, had heard of this guy, Dr. Joseph Isels. Dr. Peewee tells Bob about Dr. Isels's experimental cancer treatment. It's a long shot, but it might just work. Bob and Rita decide they have nothing to lose. They make the journey to Isels's clinic in Bavaria, Germany. Dr. Joseph Isels was a controversial figure. He only took on supposedly hopeless cases and had a certain percentage of success. November 1980, the Ringberg Clinic, Bavaria, West Germany. When Bob arrives, he's weak but hopeful. Dr. Isels outlines the treatment. To begin with, a special diet and drug-induced fevers. ISIL's treatment is designed to stimulate the body's own immune system to recognize and eliminate cancer cells. At his clinic, ISIL's treated his patients with Coley's toxin, and that's reportedly dead bacteria. The body thinks that these toxins are infection, and it produces a fever to fight it. Many are suspicious of ISIL's, and not just because of his unconventional treatment. Joseph Isels was a member of the Nazi party during the Second World War. He was an army doctor fighting the Russians. There's such incredible ironies in the great communicator of uh, peace through music, having his care affected by a former Nazi. Although much has been made of Isels' Nazi connections, he resigned his party membership when he was ordered to stop treating Jewish patients. Under Isels' care, Bob is put on a strict food regime with little red meat and plenty of water, fruit, and vegetables. Bob's diet is what you would call macrobiotic, and the aim is to avoid foods containing toxins. While there are people who state that they've been cured from their cancer by using a macrobiotic diet, there is no scientific evidence that this actually works. Besides, in my opinion, Bob's Rastafarian diet of raw nuts, vegetables, and fruits tells me he was already doing what he could to support his immune system. The next stage of Bob's treatment is to remove anything that might give him an infection. They remove decaying teeth and his tonsils. This is a highly unusual treatment for cancer. 
I think that performing non-essential surgery on someone who has advanced cancer is simply not warranted. It places that patient at increased risk for numerous complications, including infection. I am still no closer to understanding why Bob developed such an aggressive cancer at such a young age and how it started. However, I found something in Marley's past that's worth looking into. Four years prior to his death, he had a surgical procedure on one of his toes. May 9th, 1977, Paris, four years before his death. On tour to promote the Exodus album, Marley and the band are kicking a ball around between gigs. After music, soccer is his biggest passion. They play football every single afternoon in the front yard until all the grass was gone. <laughs> I just loved watching him play football because it was so magical. He was a very, very good football player. According to some sources, Bob's right big toe is injured during a hard tackle. Bob Marley is in agony. He goes to a specialist in Paris who immediately removes the toenail. Photographer Dennis Morris was there to capture the injured Marley. He looked very worried. Maybe he knew something was wrong, you know, that what had happened, you know, but he, he looked very, very worried. I don't think Bob Marley fully realised the significance of that injury to his toe at first. However, by the time he was playing the Rainbow in London a few weeks later, certainly one night he took off his boot. By then he wasn't wearing the sandals anymore and the boot is dripping with blood. Bob goes to a specialist on London's Harley Street. I've discovered that while Bob was in London, doctors found what they thought was a melanoma beneath the toenail on his right foot. Melanoma is a cancerous spot on the skin. This is the first mention of cancer in the medical reports. So I believe this could be the primary source of both the brain and the lung cancer. The English doctors tell Bob that his whole toe needs to be amputated. This is the only way to stop the cancer. For a performer like Bob, this could spell the end of his career. He refused because if they had amputated his toe, he'd obviously, if you ever saw Bob Marley on stage, I mean, he was just so energetic, he would never be ever able to play that, that way again. Quality of life means different things to different people. Um, I think if the average person loses a pinky, it doesn't mean anything. If a concert pianist does, it's completely different. This man, his identity was so bound up in his ability to, to not just write music, but to perform, to connect. It's been recommended to Bob that he go to Miami and see a specialist there. The specialist there tells him, this is melanoma, but I can cut out the infected parts and perform a skin graft. Then you should be okay. 
The fact that Bob was told to have his toe amputated to remove the cancer tells me that the melanoma was quite advanced. Bob's refusal to have it amputated caused the doctors to do the next best thing, and that's an excision with a skin graft. A skin graft is a surgical operation in which the cancerous skin is removed and replaced with a layer of skin from another part of the body. The skin graft appears a success. It's great news for Bob. His performing days are not over. We didn't know that much in those days. We didn't know anything. We were all naive about cancer and causes and effects. So he went on with what he, he was busy doing, which was making music and performing and traveling. The doctors may have thought that they'd stop Bob's skin cancer, but what puzzles me is why he had it in the first place. Most melanomas are slow growing, they occur in people over 65 years of age, and the cause is a lifetime of exposure to the sun. It's very rare for dark-skinned individuals to develop skin cancer. So the big questions are, how did he get it, and why was Bob's melanoma so unusually aggressive? Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating the death of Bob Marley. So far, he has found that Marley had skin cancer on his toe and believes that it spread to his brain and lungs. Melanomas are a common form of slow-growing skin cancer, and they're typically cured by surgical removal. But these cancers typically develop in those over 65 years of age, and Bob was only 36. So I have to figure out how he got it and why was his form of cancer so aggressive. Looking at Bob's history, I can see that there was a repeated pattern of injury to the area where the melanoma developed. And there is some evidence that cancers do develop in scar tissue. So I think this is something that we need to further investigate. Throughout his life, he had serious damage and injuries to his right big toe. As a small boy, he stood on broken glass, uh, which had taken some time, some weeks, before it's removed. He cuts it open on a rock in a stream. He almost cuts it in half with a hoe while farming. It was an issue, that toe. We grew used to it being bandaged, and we would sort of joke about it. But then it was the harbinger of true doom. Although there is scientific evidence that some cancers arise out of scar tissue, there is no evidence that I can find that melanoma acts this way. So, I don't think that these injuries are the cause of skin cancer on his toe. February 6th, 1981. Ringberg Clinic, Bavaria. It's Bob Marley's 36th birthday. Despite the forced birthday smiles, his health has deteriorated. But Dr. Isels has one last treatment to try. Ozone injections. He's been given incredibly painful injections into his navel, which leave him going into almost epileptic fits. This therapy aims to increase the amount of oxygen in the body typically by injecting ozone in a liquid form. 
but there is no credible evidence that supports the use of ozone as a medical therapy. And the ISILS treatment is considered ineffective against cancer by the American Cancer Society. May 8, 1981, Ringberg Clinic, Bavaria. After eight months of treatment, the cancer spread is showing no signs of slowing down. Bob decides that enough is enough. Despite ISIL's controversial treatment, Bob Marley was only given three weeks to live in September, and he was still alive in April of 1981. So the ISIL's treatment certainly didn't kill him. It actually may have provided some positive placebo effect. Bob asks the owner of Island Records to bring him home to Jamaica. But Bob Marley never makes it. He must have taken a real turn for the worse on the plane because they had to put down in Miami, which is so near Jamaica. May 8th, Cedars of Lebanon Hospital, Miami. Bob is critically ill. The cancer is now in every part of his body. Cancer like this is extremely painful as one by one the organs start to fail. The lungs are unable to cough up fluid so they fill with mucus. The liver and kidneys cease to function causing a buildup of toxins in the bloodstream while the tumors in the brain and the spinal cord cause neurologic damage and paralysis. All you can really do is administer large amounts of painkillers, usually opiates. On May 11, 1981, Robert Nesta Marley dies surrounded by his family. He weighs just 82 pounds. His passing is felt around the world. I remember waking up in the morning and there was a news flash. I looked at my mother and my mother and we both just broke down into tears. Somebody said on the radio, Bob Marley has just died in Miami. I couldn't believe it. Well, I guess we all heard it wherever we were and we all went back to the apartment. And um, May 11th was a brutal day. It was a brutal day. I'd have thought that, naively, Bob was such a heavyweight individual that he would get through this cancer. Bob receives a state funeral in Jamaica. Attended by 6,000 people, his body is carried in a gold coffin to be buried in his birthplace in the hills of Nine Mile. As Jamaica prepares to bury its most famous son, conspiracy theories and rumors surrounding Bob Marley's death start to fly. Bob, you have a person here. I would say there were a lot of stories going around, including one that the CIA had given him a pair of boots. All right, I'll try it, though with a, a toxic copper wire that went into his toe. Oh, oh, 
Some believe it was this toxic copper wire that infected Bob's toe with cancer. They believe the poison boots were delivered to Bob backstage at the Smile Jamaica concert on December 5th, 1976. Jamaica was, was very close to Cuba. Cuba was very communist-led at that time. The Jamaican prime minister at the time, I think Mandy, had decided to make an alliance with um, Castro, which really freaked out the West. There have been many reported attempts by the CIA to assassinate Cuban President Fidel Castro. So had they also turned their attention to the revolutionary singer? Did the CIA kill Bob Marley with a toxic copper wire? Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating the death of reggae superstar Bob Marley. Bob died of cancer after eight months of treatment. But some associates and fans believe in a conspiracy theory that he was assassinated by the CIA using a poison soccer shoe. I do know that he was of that importance. He was a very, very influential, powerful man who basically gave a lot of people in the world a sense of freedom. Sometimes the powers that be are terrified of that. Chris Blackwell of Ireland Records has been summoned to the US Embassy in Kingston and told them that they were watching his man, Bob Marley, who they thought was capable of, as they put it, destabilizing. Adding fuel to the fire for the conspiracy theorists is the fact that Carl Colby, the cameraman sent to film Bob Marley, was also the son of the recently retired director of the CIA, William Colby. Although Carl was an award-winning documentary filmmaker who was hired by the boss of Marley's label, Island Records, to film the concert, this was a coincidence too far for many Marley fans. It sort of perturbed me when I saw that I was supposedly this secret agent who would bring a poisoned, darted football soccer shoe as a gift. I thought it was just absolutely ridiculous. Let me tell you something. I asked my dad one time, how does somebody assassinate or get rid of someone? He said, if you want to kill somebody, you do it simple. You hire the right guy, never been to the country before, leaves the country 12 hours later, leaves the weapon there, no trace, no fingerprints. And you certainly don't recruit the young son of a CIA director who's now been booted out. Don't you think you've got better people to call on the roster? But even if Carl Colby is an unlikely assassin, is it at all possible that the CIA could have given Marley cancer? When people have been assassinated using poisons, typically a small amount of lethal toxin is injected into the victim through stabbing or a tiny dart. However, there are no poisons that I know of that cause melanoma. Therefore, I think this conspiracy theory is not true. But how did someone of Bob Marley's age and skin color come to develop an aggressive form of skin cancer? Dr. Hunter now thinks he has the answer. It's where Bob's skin cancer develops that gives me the clue. People who have dark skin rarely develop melanomas, but when they do, 
70% have a very rare form called acral lentiginous melanoma. Acral lentiginous melanoma develops on hairless portions of the body, such as the palm of the hands, the sole of the feet, and even in the nail beds. Bob's cancer developed underneath one of his toenails. I believe it was this form of cancer that killed Bob Marley, but it's not the full story. Dr. Hunter believes Bob's heritage might also have played a role in his death. My team has been in direct contact with the Marley family, and they confirmed to us that there is a history of melanoma skin cancer among the Marleys. This is highly relevant. All of the medical evidence points to a family history being one of the biggest risk factors for the development of melanoma skin cancer. So, despite his dark skin, Bob was always at risk for developing this disease. Bob's only chance of beating skin cancer was to have his toe amputated, but he wanted to continue performing, so he refused. The surgical excision failed to remove all of the cancerous cells, and over time they spread throughout his body, including to his lungs and to his brain. His body started to fail, and he likely developed pulmonary edema, which is excessive fluid in the lungs. This would have prevented oxygen from flowing around his system, causing respiratory failure. Sadly, it seems it was his undying love of music that ultimately led to his death. The death of Bob Marley is a reminder that anyone of any age and skin color can develop melanoma. Bob, musically, lyrically, there was a lot of anger, a lot of love, a lot of destruction, a lot of whatever. But it always came down to one thing, love. One love says it all, and you can't get away from it. It's become such a catchphrase. I don't want to say a cliche, because it still has too much integrity to be a cliche. All over the world, Bob's, Bob's spirit touches people's hearts. I miss the fun, that sense of mission that we had when we were on the road. We were trying to change society through music, and it was a passion for him. It was what fueled him. They put Jamaica on the map. <laughs> Everyone now knows about Jamaica because of Bob Marley. I've never been anywhere in the world that he was not the first name to come up if I said Jamaica. Everyone knows about him and everyone cares. you enjoyed this episode of autopsy don't forget to subscribe at podcast1.com with the podcast one app or at apple podcasts then go to reels.com that's r-e-e-l-z.com for clips extras and more from the tv version of the series including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on reels channel find reels on your tv at reels.com i'm dr michael hunter 